season. Join Enmark and ESPN Radio as we proudly present the very best of Coastal Georgia High School football. Broadcasting live right here on ESPN Radio. And this year, we're starting something truly special. Each week, Enmark, ESPN, the big guy Frank Solkowski of WJCL Fox, and you, the listening audience, are going to help select the player of the week. Go to EnmarkEnjoy.com to learn all the details and cast your vote. This is the Carl DeMasi Sports Report. Excited to be back here again to talk about local sports. And that's what the show's about, local sports. Sponsored by Optum Orthopedics. If you want to hear about your favorite local athlete, your favorite local team, your favorite local high school, middle school, Pop Warner football team, YMCA basketball team, City League. That's what it's all about. Let's talk about it. Let's let people know about it. On ESPN Radio, Savannah Hilton Head, AM 1400, and FM 104.3. And good morning, Savannah and Low Country. Welcome to the Call of the Massey Sports Report, brought to you by Optum Orthopedics, right here on ESPN Radio, Savannah, AM 1400, 104.3 FM. It's December 7th, a day that will live with infamy in the United States. Back in 1941, the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor and... Once again, it has to deal with our veterans, to all the veterans out there, and there's not many left from World War II, the Korean War, the Vietnam War, and of course all the the, uh, veterans over there in Iraq and Afghanistan and what's been going on here. God bless you, because you make what we do in the United States unbelievable. We're allowed to voice our opinion, we're allowed to be free, we're allowed to make choices, we have nobody telling us what we could do. God bless our veterans in December 7th, 1941, a day that will live with infamy when we had the Japanese attack Pearl Harbor. And you know what? I gotta thank all the veterans again. It's just something I gotta say. My dad was a veteran. He fought in the tail end of the World War II, the Korean War. My father-in-law, uh, was in the, uh, Korean War. John and Nunziata in the Navy. And happy birthday, Pop! Yeah, it's his birthday, 84 years young. I mean, sorry, 83 years young. So I got to remember that 1930 he was born and, you know, he was 11 years old when they bombed Pearl Harbor. And he told me it was a day that the whole nation was shocked. And uh, once again, it's December 7th. It's beautiful outside. It's 56 degrees. I mean, uh, get out there and do something. It's going to go. I take that back. It's 68 degrees already. And uh, it's just going to be a beautiful day to get outside. A lot of the United States is freezing, a high of 70 today, so it's not going to get much higher than what we have right now. But get out there, enjoy it. It's Christmas time. The malls are packed already. Coming into work today from Wilmington Island, past Minnick Baseball Field. There's a lot of soccer going on. And don't forget, today is the end mark. Savannah Bridge Run, people running over that bridge, close to 6,000 runners. I'm telling you right now, here in Savannah, Georgia... Running is a big-time sport. It's not a fad. It's a trend. You know, fads come and go, hula hoops and bell-bottom jeans and yo-yos and the whole nine yards. I'm telling you right now, jogging is a trend. We're so health-conscious in this country now, and uh, people getting out there and running and walking. I mean, going over that bridge must be pretty pretty tough. We got the double pump where they go over it twice. I mean, we'll have a live report. To start the second hour, yes, we play two hours here. Or as I like to say, we play two games. We go from 9 to 10 and then from 10 to 11. And uh, speaking about guests, let's talk about who's on the show today. We'll start in the second quarter of the first game. That's the first hour. P.J. Zuko, the host of the weekly high school football show called 
High school first look right here on ESPN Savannah AM 1400 104.3 FM every Thursday night from 6 to 7. We'll have PJ on. He worked the board last night because I could not get to the game. I broadcasted 15 straight high school football games here in Savannah, Georgia this year. And last night broke my heart. I mean... <laughs> I coach basketball at Islands High School, okay, and that's my love, coaching. I but I got so into, so into getting into calling high school football games and watching BC and watching Calvary, Benedictine Calvary all year long. I mean, and, and just to miss it last night, and then during a game, you know, I'm wondering. Yeah, you know, I'm not really wondering when the game started. I forgot all about football, but at the end of the game, right away after I gave my uh, post game speech, I got on the phone, uh, listened to the. Uh, Stream right here. You can listen to this on a stream, the World Wide Web, at ESPNCoastal.com. You know, Matt, Kevin, Kevin Thomas, Matt Osborne from 3 and Out. Don't forget the big guy, BJ Bennett. Uh, 3 and Out heard every day here, Monday through Friday from 3 to 6, local talk show, talking about local sports, college sports. And uh, it just broke my heart that BC, BC loses on a... Last second field goal, just like the way they lost last year to Lamar on a last second field goal. But anyway, we'll get into that. And I know I'm going off a little tangent here. In the third quarter, we're going to talk to Brian Lee, the author of Baseball in Savannah. It's a book about the history of baseball in Savannah. Brian Lee wrote it. And once again, a great American veteran passed away last week or a week and a half ago, and I tried getting on Brian last week and we couldn't hook up. But he'll be on this week talking about Lou Brissy. Lou Brissy was a Major League Baseball player that came through Savannah, through Grayson State, and he played for the Savannah Indians. And uh, he, he, he was, you know, a highly touted baseball player at 16. Connie Mack of the Philadelphia Athletics, before they moved out to Oakland, signed the kid. He was 16 years old. While when wartime came, he signed up, he enlisted, and he almost got his leg blown off. He went through 28 surgeries. At first, they wanted to take his leg off. Well, we'll get into that story, but they didn't. And he wound up becoming a Major League pitcher. Great story. Unbelievable career at Grayson Stadium for the Savannah Indians. Uh, that's what they were called way back when. So we'll talk to Brian Lee about that. And in the fourth quarter, the first hour, we'll talk to the AD from Calvary Day School, Chad Griffin, giving us his update and his his opinion of what happened last night. I mean, great game. Calvary going to the Dome. Calvary Day School with a 35-34 victory over Eagles Landing Christian, the number one team in the state. Just a great ending. We'll talk about that with PJ and with Chad. In the second hour, we'll have a live update from the sports columnist. I like to call him the columnist, Stephen Elmo Weeks, who's at the bridge run right now, and he'll give us his thoughts about what else is going on in local golf and local college football. Then we'll have our Weatherington Chiropractic Clinic Athlete of the Week. This is all now number two, between 10 and 11. We'll bring back a former Weatherington Chiropractic Clinic Athlete of the Week from Richmond Hill High School. She played basketball at Richmond Hill for the Lady Wildcats. Unbelievable player. Had a great coach in Elizabeth Bennett. Now she's at Armstrong, leading the Armstrong Atlantic State Lady Pirates. She came back from Mars Hills, and that's Tyler Carlson. And then we're going to talk to the new man, the new president of the Greatest Savannah Athletic Hall of Fame, the man that's been around here for a long time, and now he's running the local sports. He runs the City of Savannah Sports Program, and he also is uh, our rep for the Georgia High School State Association. I'm excited about talking to this man, and that's Earl Atherin. So that's what we have as far as guests goes. High school scoreboard, I mean, we got to talk about football. Heartbreaker. Lamar County beats BC on late field goal, 24-yard field goal, 10-7, just like the year before where BC lost 24-21 on a 47-yard field goal to Lamar County. And Calvary wins in overtime, 35-34. Just a great game. Calvary up on the number one team all night long. 
Eagles landing. Christian comes back, ties the game at the end of regulation. They go into overtime. Calvary scores. Takes the lead 35-34. Eagles landing. Christian scores on uh, like 4th and 11. And they went for two. They didn't opt to kick it to go into another overtime. And my man, Andre Wilson. Dre Wilson, as my son calls him. Dom Damasi played at Calvary. Big play, stopping a two-point conversion. And Calvary Day School is in the state championship next Friday. 2.30 in the Dome. If you can't make it, it's going to be right here on ESPN Savannah Radio, 104.3 FM with Kevin Thomas and probably Matt Osborne again. And I have to say, I have another basketball game, and that's my obligation right now. I am the basketball coach, and I have to be there. But I'll be listening to the game. I'm excited about it. So that's the high school score. But we had a lot of basketball going on. We got some great basketball going on tonight at Savannah High. Savannah High will be taking on Laney High School. Savannah High is ranked number one preseason in 3A. Laney High School is ranked number one in 2A. That'll be about 8 o'clock at Savannah High tonight. You want to catch some great basketball. Beach will be playing Josie. The boys' game will be Beach against Josie at 6.30, quarter to 7. And then at at 8.30, we got Savannah High against Laney. Girls' game started, uh, I'm pretty sure Tim said, Tim Jordan, the head coach at Savannah High. I want to say 4 o'clock, 5.30... Oh, yeah, 4 o'clock, 5.30, 7 o'clock, and 8.30. 4 o'clock, we have Savannah High taking on Josie and Beach Girls taking on Laney. So that's that's rundown out there at Savannah High today for if you want to catch some local high school basketball. But, you know, it, it, it's 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 unbelievable. But, you know, what am I going to say? We got, we got a school in the state championship. Last team was Savannah Christian, single-A football. We got another team. We had two teams fighting out last night. Just an exciting time. And remember... I couldn't be here talking about local sports or national sports or just talking sports if it wasn't for my sponsor, Optum Orthopedics. And believe it or not, they sponsor our high school football game of the week, too. So I'm, I'm glad to be associated with such a fine organization. They have 26 of the best trained orthopedic surgeons in the region. They have a full-service outpatient surgery center, digital MRI, x-ray services, physical therapy, all in one convenient location. Optum Orthopedics is your best choice for comprehensive orthopedic care. And remember, they support our local athletes and our local sports. They are doctor-led and patient-focused. The center is located at 210 East Run Avenue right here in lovely Savannah, Georgia, or you can visit them on the World Wide Web at www.optumhealth.com. Next up, we're going to get into a little high school football from last night's state semifinals, BC against Lamar County, Benedictine taking on Lamar County, and of course, Calvary Day School beating Eagles Landing Christian with P.J. Zuko, the host of High School First Look. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Call of the Monster Sports Board brought to you by Optimal Orthopedics right here on ESPN Savannah, AM 1400 and 104.3 FM, WSEG. <laughs> to the Carl DeMasi Sports Report, sponsored by Orthopedics on ESPN Radio, Savannah Hilton Head, AM 1400, and FM 104.3. And good morning, Savannah. This is Carl DeMasi, and you're listening to the Carl DeMasi Sports Report every Saturday from 9 until 11 right here on ESPN Radio, 104.3 FM. And it's all presented to you by Optum Orthopedics. Remember, they're doctor-led and patient-focused right there at 210 Eastern Avenue right here in Savannah, Georgia. I'm excited about it. We had uh, 
three teams going into last night's state playoffs. And we'll go a little further out. We'll go Jessup the Road in Jessup, Georgia, where Wayne County was in the state semifinal. I know uh, they're a little out further than here, about two hours away, but we got to give them some love, some love, even though they did lose 25-20 to to Griffin. Griffin beats Wayne County 25-20. Griffin scored 19 unanswered points following a 14-6 halftime deficit to overtake the Yellow Jackets of Wayne County. The visiting uh, Yellow Jackets went ahead with a touchdown pass uh, from Malik Jackson to A.J. McGill and a scoring run by Anthony Jordan. Griffin responded when Anthony Stroud, that must have been the name last night, Anthony Stroud returned an interception for a touchdown before Jacquez Park sealed the deal for the Bears thanks to a two-yard touchdown scoring run and then a touchdown pass from Trey Willis. Congratulations for the Wayne County Yellow Jackets to make it to the state semifinals, but a heartbreaker. Then, of course, we got to talk about our local teams, and uh, we'll start off with Benedictine taking on Lamar County. Another heartbreaker for Benedictine. Last year, they lost in the quarterfinals 24-21 on a uh, field goal. Well, Tyler... Scandrick kicked the 24-yard field goal. This time expired to send Lamar County past Benedictine 10-7. The host Trojans trailed 7 nothing at halftime, but scored 10 unanswered points in the final 15 minutes. I mean, unanswered points. They scored on a fake. They scored on a fake field goal. Okay, they didn't. You know, BC's defense. Uh, I'm getting off target here. Let me just tell you, J.J. Gaines scored the touchdown for uh, B.C. Uh, Lamar County finally answered late in the third quarter when Lance Austin hit Ray Lines with a 17-yard scoring strike on a fake field goal. Tough one. You're 13-0. You lose that game 10-7. And the man that's been following us all year, and he's been giving you a preview every Thursday night right here on ESPN Radio Savannah. And that's the host of the weekly show, The High School First Look. And he's also my producer on Saturday mornings, P.J. Zuko. Good morning, P.J. Morning, Carl. Another week of great football in the Savannah area. I mean, you know, what What more do you want? I mean, we had the two-man Italians on Thursday night breaking it down. We both picked B.C. I picked B.C. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm a man. I can live up to this. I picked B.C. to win um, by two touchdowns. They lose by a field goal. We all both picked Calvary to win in a close game. And sure enough, it was a close game. I just, you know, I, I feel bad for those kids. I'm, I'm telling you right now, P.J., I made it to two county championships back-to-back years. One is the, uh, you know, assistant head coach. We lost in heartbreak, a third. We came back the following year and we lost. Uh, we took the lead six nothing. We wound up losing like twenty one or twenty eight to six. I have still not watched those games on film. It's just heartbreaking. I mean, I'd rather get blown out than lose by a field goal or by one point. And you know, it's it's just heartbreaking. It is. It is heartbreaking. But the thing is, that's what you play football for, for, for the great times and the bad times. And just one thing you can tell what I love is that these, these kids put, these guys put everything they have on the field. And you can tell. Uh, you can tell when they play games like this. And that, that's what you're going to get with playoff football. You're either going to get blowouts or you're going to get these movie type storybook endings and we got two of them last night the sad thing is one of them was on the bad end one of them was on the very good end the highest end obviously that that you can get but that's the thing with football that's what it brings and that's what playoff football brings and if you're Benedictine, like you said, this is gonna sting. That you, you're probably not even gonna watch this film. I don't, I don't know. I mean, you said you've never watched that film from you, so you're probably never gonna get fully get over this. But at some point, you have to look back and, and say that 
we we had an amazing run. We had one of the best, if not the best, records and and seasons in school history. And at some point, you're going to hold your head up high for for this season. But that doesn't mean that you're ever going to get fully get over this loss. Well, being a coach and, you know, wearing the hat that Danny Britt and Mark Stroud and Jody Grooms from Wayne County wear, I mean, uh, you wanted so much for the kids. Uh, you know, everybody says, you know, you go into coaching and, you know, it's all about the coach. It's not about the coach on a high school level. It's about the kids. Yeah, you want to get to a program that's a winning program that's going to make the state playoffs every year and hopefully you'll play for it. It's every, every coach's dream to play for a championship, whether it's uh, peewee football, middle school, high school, college, pro. Uh, it's just something you dream of. And the people that do with you, the athletes that do with you, the blood, the sweat, the tears. I mean, you know, the old cliche, blood, sweat, and tears goes into it in uh in, in that locker room, I can remember vividly at the locker rooms that I were in, and what was really tough on me was my younger brother, who was exactly 10 years younger than me, and he was the quarterback of those two teams. It, it just breaks your heart. But you know what? Benedictine has nothing to be ashamed of. Like you said, PJ, this is a storied year for Benedictine football. They've been, they're a story program here in the state of Georgia. Everybody knows about Benedictine football, and for a team that has never won a state championship, to get that respect it is remarkable. And you know, Danny Britt is bringing it, has brought it back from the uh, from the ashes when you know these seniors. I mean, as freshmen, were one in nine. How impressive is that, PJ? You start your football, high school football career at one in nine, and now you're playing in the state semifinal. I mean, you can see that the program has grown to be respectable, to be uh, one of the teams to be reckoned with, one of the teams as a coach to use as a measuring stick. I'll tell you right now, I played them on a JV level this year. We lost to them 23, uh, 22, 13. But you know what? We played with them, and that's that's what you want to do. That's what the local programs want to do. They want to play with the best programs like Savannah Christian or Camden Counties. I mean, that's what you're looking for as a coach. Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned right it right there. The the great coaches and the great teams are the ones that have the head coaches that are all about the kids, that want to see the kids do good, not only do well, not only on the football field, but in life and after football as well. And those are the coaches, those are the teams that, that get this far, the, the ones that are unselfish and, and the ones that want to see the kids do good, want to see the kids be happy and learn from stuff and get a good character. And that's that's teams, that's coaches like Danny Britt, like Mark Stroud. That's why they're in the situation they're, they're in right now. And uh, talking talk region like you said and how benedictine has turned this program around and danny britt has turned this program around that seems to be a theme right here in southeast georgia if we, we have a lot of teams on the rise i mean calvary obviously in the state championship this year benedictine rising up richmond hill rising up there's a lot of teams here in southeastern georgia that are to be reckoned with especially in savannah and i think the the theme and the thought over the past few years, if not the past while, has been Atlanta teams and Northern football teams and high school football are the ones that are going to get to Atlanta and are going to win state championships. But we have teams right here in Savannah and right here in Southeast Georgia that are going to defy that and are going to prove that wrong. And Calvary Day has a chance to do it next week. But Benedictine with this game, obviously a slobber knocker, 10-7. to And the thing with me is listening to it here on the radio and running the board, it just seems like they couldn't get the little plays, the key plays that they've been able to get all season. Uh, for example, as they're going into half, they they take a shot 
I think the mindset was we're going to take a shot if we get something. If not, we're just going to run out the clock. And they take a shot. It looks like it's good. Brad Stewart catches the football, but he's very slightly out of bounds. So little things like that that Benedictine would have done and went Benedictine's way in other games, that's what didn't go for them last night. And ultimately, I think that's kind of what proved to be the difference. It just wasn't the cadets' night. All right, we got to go to the other side of the coin. Uh, we got to go to um, Calvary Day School beating uh, the number one team, Eagles Landing Christian, 35-34 in overtime. I've heard so many stories about who made the big play. Tyrone Riley, uh, we heard Andre Wilson. Uh, I, I'm reading on the AJC, the prep zone. We have Austin Bird, a sophomore. I mean, they go up 21 nothing. Eagles Landing Christian. That's why your number one comes back. Ties the game 28-28. They go into overtime. Uh, 35 yard, uh, one yard run by uh, Robert Hughes. They Eagles Landing scores on a big fourth down play. They tie the game by the one point down. They go for it, and the defense just steps up. You know, uh, you know, just a great, great scenario over there for Calvary, starting 0 and 2, and now in the state championship. Oh, yeah, and we were talking about great teams. Well, great teams have talented players, but not only that, if you have a team full of talented players, you still have to have good balance on your football team. And that's what this Calvary Day team has. With It's a star-studded offense that, that provides firepower every single night, every time they step on that football field. But the defensive-led Andre, the, the Andre Wilson-led defense is definitely something to write home about as well and that's what came up big in this game they bend but they don't break last night a lot as as elka <laughs> sorry eagles landing christian uh moved into their territory a lot but got stopped on the one yard line on the four yard line on the 20 yard line they just didn't break it and didn't let them score when it looked like they were going to go in. And that was really the theme of it. That's how the game ended on that two-point conversion on that big tackle by Andre Wilson. Also, with 60 seconds left in the game, Eagles Landing Christian is in Calvary Day territory, and they fumble the football. And Calvary Day picks it up. Eagles Landing had three fumbles lost on the night. So it started and ended with that defense for the Calvary Day Cavaliers. But, of course, that offense providing a lot of firepower. Michael Peterson, I watched some of the highlights this morning, completely picked apart that defense of the Eagles Landing Christian that only allowed an average of four points a game. And Michael Peterson just completely picked them apart. He started out one for seven, but then got back in the groove. And uh, Michael Michael Peterson, a, a great leader for this offense as well, that has a lot of firepower. And, man, Calvary Day, they're going to the Dome. It was a dramatic ending. It was an awesome ending. And I'm just so happy for them and, and Mark Stroud and can't wait to see what they do against Aquinas. I mean, you said it well, and once again, your show will be on Thursday night, and uh, hopefully you'll give me the honor of coming on and uh, picking apart the game, giving you, giving you my uh, scenario, what I think will happen, breaking down the teams, and uh, we'll be up there. Well, I won't be up there, but ESPN Radio Savannah will be up there with the live show uh, right here Friday afternoon, so I'm excited about it. PJ, we got a couple more segments uh, to go, but we'll come back and talk about more high school and college football at the end of the show. Great job. Great show Thursday night. Look forward to next week. Hey, I appreciate it. I do, too. And, yeah, get, get the rest of the show, this show rolling. All right. Once again, that's P.J. Zuko, the host 
the weekly show right here on ESPN Radio. High school first look. He previews all the high school football games before Friday night or Saturday night. Once again, that's every Thursday night right here on ESPN Radio from 6 to 7. Next up, we're going to go to a little baseball. We're going to honor a World War II veteran who just passed away, who made an impact here in Savannah baseball. And then what better way than to talk to the man that wrote a book about baseball in Savannah, Brian Lee. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Call of Demasi Sports Board, brought to you by Optimal Orthopedics, right here on ESPN Radio Savannah, AM 1400, 104.3 FM, WSEG, and all over the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. And now, back to the Carl DeMasi Sports Report, sponsored by Optum Orthopedics on ESPN Radio Savannah Hilton Head, AM 1400 and FM 104.3. And I'm Carl DeMasi. I'm glad you could join me for the Carl DeMasi Sports Report every Saturday morning right here on ESPN Radio Savannah. AM 1400, 104.3 FM, all presented to you by Optum Orthopedics. Remember, they're doctor-led and patient-focused. They care about our athletes. They care about our sports. And that's why I'm glad I'm associated with them. Well, it's December 7th, 1941, a day that will live with infamy in the United States. World War II, the bombing of... Pearl Harbor. I mean, uh, I'll never forget it. My father lived through it. My my father-in-law. Happy birthday, John Anunziata. I hope you're listening. Uh, 83 years old, served our country in the Navy. And, uh, you know, a week and a half ago, one of the legends in Savannah baseball passed away. And that was Lou Brissy. I mean, unbelievable story. I mean, the guy... Uh, was a highly touted pitcher, 16-year-old kid, saw by Connie Mack at the Philadelphia Athletics. Uh, World War II opened up. He went to Europe. In Italy, his, his, his uh, company was getting bombed. A grenade or something went off close to his leg, shattered his leg. They wanted amputated. He begged the doctors not to do it. He went over like for two years through like 20-something surgeries, and he got back on the baseball field. And I think this guy, and that's why I, I, I saw the book online. I definitely, it's on my uh, Christmas list. And uh, a local guy, Brian Lee, wrote a book called Baseball in Savannah. I mean, baseball dates back here to the Civil War and Fort Pulaski, and uh, this man knows more about it. Joining us now on the ESPN Savannah AM 1400, 104.3 FM hotline, is the author of Baseball in Savannah, and you can get it at Amazon, and that's Brian Lee. Good morning, Brian. Oh, how are you? Hey, you know, I'm a local guy talking local sports. Uh, I call Savannah my home now, which I know you have. You gone, went to school at Armstrong Atlantic. Now you wrote this book. Tell people about Brian Lee and how you got involved in a project like this and how you wound up in Savannah. Um, I lived here in 88 and uh, started going to games at Grayson Stadium. And very interested in just the old stadium. It was very neat to go to. And, you know, being a Braves fan, I knew the Braves used to play in Savannah. And the more I learned about the stadium and the city, I knew there's a long history there, but I couldn't find much about it. So as I, you know, got order, started looking into it a little bit more and, you know, studying history at Armstrong, I just started digging into it and found out there's a pretty neat story there. So I was familiar with a series that Arcadia publishes, uh, you know, with the pictures telling most of the story with the text supporting, and I just started digging into it and finding images and finding more of a story and put it together and ended up with this project. And it was a lot of fun and definitely learned a lot. And Savannah's um, history has been fairly well documented uh, as far as, you know, all the way back to Oglethorpe, but baseball side, the sports side, I hadn't really been covered, so I figured that's a good thing to do, is put this book out. 
Well, I mean, I, it's a fascinating book, and it's on my Christmas list, and I know my wife will pick it up for me. And uh, I mean, I'm a baseball purist. I love going to games at Grayson Stadium before they refurbished it, seeing those old cement stands out there in left field that they took away, and you know, yeah. football games played there on Thanksgiving. Just, just so much history. Absolutely, yeah. Not a lot of stadiums left like Grayson, and you know, a lot of people don't realize that it was designed to be a football stadium as well, and a lot of football games were played there, and you know, hopefully we can keep Grayson Stadium, and I know they're wanting to build another one. Um, it's just a unique treasure, and Savannah's a unique town, so hopefully we can find a way to uh, keep baseball at Grayson Stadium. Well, that's that's a big issue. I hope they don't, you know, move or the Mets take off. I hope they don't. I mean, Grace Grayson Stadium's unique, and I, you know, people, are, you know, not people, but you know, like the Mets organization are crying for a new facility. I mean, let's let's keep it pure. Let's keep it what baseball's all about. That's my feeling. I agree with you. Um, you know, the oldest minor league stadium still in operation. You know, it obviously doesn't compare to say Fenway or Wrigley, but you kind of get that feeling as you're walking up into the grandstand. You know, and then you got the field in front of you, and just you know, especially from my point of view, looking back through you know the years since you know the early '40s when Grayson was built, Grayson as we know it today was built. You know, a lot of those memories, even though I wasn't there for a lot of them, you, you can kind of feel it. You know, um, looking at that same field where all the legends have played. Um, it's a unique thing, and a new stadium might be nice and bells and whistles and all that, but um, you can't replace that history. And you know, you talking about Lou Brissy, uh You know, when he was there, you know, you'd have crowds of up to twelve thousand or more people there, and I couldn't imagine twelve thousand people at Grace's Stadium today. But you kind of just you know start daydreaming and think about what that place would have been like and how loud it was uh, when he was on the mound pitching and. You know, it's a shame that I was born you know, 30 years after that, but I would love to go back and experience that. I mean, I agree 100%. And, and you know, this is flying by. We, you know, I, I, we're promoting, yeah, I'm not promoting your book. I'm promoting baseball in Savannah, but your book tells about it all. And you just nailed it. Lou Brissy, we got uh, Pearl Harbor Day today, uh, bombing of Pearl Harbor in 1941. Lou Brissy, uh, great pitcher, played in, played in the major leagues, played for Philadelphia Athletics and the Cleveland Indians. But it all started here in Savannah, Georgia, after he got... Uh, I mean, severely wounded in a battle in 1944. I mean, he went to Presbyterian College. I mean, they wanted to amputate his legs. Give us your impression or your take, not your impression, but your findings about uh, Lou Brissy. Well, I've never met the man in person. Uh, as I was researching the book, uh, you got to speak with him over the phone. And, you know, a lot of the folks I was wanting to speak with, as far as that know a lot about the baseball history, they'd already passed away. So it was a real treat and a real honor to, uh, you know, to meet the man who was, you know, next to Dale Murphy is probably one of the most beloved Savannah baseball uh, figures. And, you know, I, uh, when I was talking to him and after, you know, I talked to him, I was looking back and figuring out what was so magical about that season. And, you know, to draw, you know, they almost had 97,000 more visitors, you know, to Great Stadium that year. And it was all because of him in that season. You know, a 23 and 5 record, 278 strikeouts, a 1.91 ERA <laughs> on basically one leg. And you nailed it, you know, in your opening as far as what happened to him. But you got to think about, you know, he's a fairly a local kid from South Carolina. You know, 1947, the war is just over with. The patriotic fervor is still around. Um, you know, a wounded hero, Purple Heart veteran, uh, the courage he's showing. You know, everybody knew his story. They knew what he had gone through. And, you know, the veterans back then were a lot more celebrated than, you know, they were especially like around Vietnam. They go through and see him put together that season, you know, with just living in constant pain. Um, you can easily see why. Um, 
you know, so many people were drawn to see him pitch. And then, oh, yeah, they won the title that year. You know, so you can imagine if somebody were to do that today, you know, he'd have ESPN and all the, all the, you know, the big news shows down here, and he probably wouldn't even last the whole season. He'd been called up in a hurry. So it's just a magical season and, you know, kind of the lightning in the bottle type scenario that, um, you know, I hate that I missed and hopefully we'll get to see again with, the, you know, the next Blue Brissy. Who knows? Well, Brian, I'm glad we could hook up this uh, this Saturday. I know last Saturday we had some technical difficulties. Okay, right. book baseball in Savannah. Where can we find it? And uh, people, if you're ba- fans, need if you're a baseball purist, you got to read this book because there's so much history here in Savannah, Georgia. So where, where can we find it? Where can we get it, Brian? Amazon has it locally. Uh, Barnes and Noble probably have it. Esther Shaver's bookstore will probably have it. I'm in the Savannah History Museum. Uh, I've got it out at Old Fort Jackson where I am. Um, so, um, yeah, Amazon locally you can find it at those stores, and um, hopefully everybody gets a chance to read it. Well, keep up the good work, and I know you're also out there at Fort Jackson, uh, part of uh, more history here in Savannah, Georgia, and uh, I'd like to meet you and get to talk to you a little more about your book and what you're doing in Savannah. Thanks for coming on. Sorry about last week, but once again, it's always a pleasure talking about somebody who loves baseball in Savannah as much as I do. Hey, Carl, thanks for having me. Brian Lee, the author of Baseball in Savannah. Remember, you can go to Amazon.com, type in Baseball Savannah. You can see the uh, the introduction to what the book's all about. I mean, like you said, great players played here. Shoeless Joe Jackson, Mickey Mantle, Dale Murphy, Babe Ruth came through Grayson Stadium. And please, New York Mets, don't pull out. Well, next up, we'll get some insight on what happened last night at Eagles Landing Christian with the AD from Calvary Day School. Good friend of mine, great guy, Chad Griffin. You're listening to the Call of the Monster Sports Report brought to you by Optimal Orthopedics right here on ESPN Radio Savannah, AM 1400, 104.3 FM, WSCG, and all part of the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. to the Carl DeMasi Sports Report, sponsored by Optimal Orthopedics on ESPN Radio, Savannah Hilton Head, AM 1400, and FM 104.3. And I'm Carl DeMasi, and I'm glad you could join me. It's Saturday morning here in Savannah, Georgia, talking local sports. And I'm telling you right now, Great weekend. Great weekend last weekend. I got to send a big shout out to Memorial Day School, Blue Thunder, for winning the Georgia Independent State School Association Class AA football title last week. Marlon Latson playing in the All Star game this week. Memorial Day School, third championship in the last six years. And uh, Mark Sussman, uh, Michael Thompson, and the whole crew over there doing a great job. And now we got another team going to the Dome. Two years ago, well, two years ago, three years ago, two years ago, whatever I mean, 2011, the Savannah Christian Red Raiders bringing home the Class A title. Now we got the Cavalier, the Cavaliers of Calvary Day School trying to do the same thing. And a man that was up there on the sidelines giving me a text, tweet, texting, whatever he was doing, and I appreciate it, uh, updates about what was going on there at Calvary, and he's joining us now on the ESPN Radio, Savannah AM 1400, 104.3 hotline, not the hot seat, Chad Griffin. Good morning, Chad. Hey, good morning, Carl. How are you? 
Hey, you know what? I'm just simply ecstatic watching that program for so many years, being part of that program over there at Calvary Day School. And like I've said before, uh, helping my son grow up to be the man he is, the faith-based man he is now today. I mean, I couldn't be more proud to say that I've been part of the, Savannah, uh, part of the Calvary Day uh, family as I was part of the Savannah Christian family. So uh, it's great being a Savannah and following these local, local teams. Yeah, it is. It's, um, it was such an exciting uh, night last night. You know, you're playing the number one team in the state, the Finnish state champion, winning 24 in a row. And, um, you know, so so proud of the young men, the coaching staff, and, and how they performed last night and the way they handled the you know, adversity all year. And, and uh, just responded with a lot of heart and a lot of determination that, you know, they were going to kind of will themselves to the victory. And, man, the, the ending was just you know, amazing with Elka going for two uh, to to win and just having a huge stop and uh, just it's so hard to describe. You know, right there in just the, the excitement of the crowd and also the silence on the Elka sideline where we were. But um, just a thrilling, thrilling night for the Cavs. I mean, I mean, you go up twenty-one nothing, and uh, you got a barrage. You got Eagles Landing Christian Academy coming back, and when we say Elka, that's what we mean. But uh, I'll, I'll say Eagles Landing Christian. I mean, and then I mean, I read so many stories: Tyrone Riley, Andre Wilson, and now the sophomore uh, I, I, from AJC giving uh, the sophomore credit. I don't have it in front of me now, but I mean, on that last play, just unbelievable, Chad. Yeah, sophomore's probably Brent Sanders. Um, and you got to throw Robert Hayward in there too. They, you know, they've been running the quarterback draw on us, you know, pretty, pretty handily, you know, spreading us out. And, and Coach Keith, our D coordinator, just made the, really the perfect call. You know, we, we slanted down and, um, you know, just, uh, kind of cross switching that A gap and just blew it up and the excitement, man, it was just, it's pretty incredible to, to watch your, your kids. You know how hard they work. You know the, the verse they've gone through at the beginning of the year and to find themselves and, you know, believe like they did and the coaching staff, knowing the team we had, just making some adjustments out of the first two games and knowing that you got a chance to play for a state championship is, um, you know, is really, really great part of this, this school and the community that, the amount of fans we had travel last night was um, was pretty daunting. You know, even Eagles Landing was uh, impressed about you know how many fans came up to to watch the game from our side. So, uh, you know, just one more step to to get there and you know take on a tough Aquinas team next next Friday at two thirty. Well, yeah, you're saying, and already, already, uh, Facebook. I wake up this morning. You got someone already putting together buses already. So, how do people find out about that? Well, we're we're working on that. I mean, you know, the good thing I had three and a half hours last night to on the drive back to work on logistics, and that's exactly what I'm doing. You know, all morning today and um, and tonight. And Mark and I, Coach Stroud, we have to be at the the Georgia Dome at eight o'clock tomorrow morning. You know, to take the interviews and get the final information. So we'll have all the information about fan buses and everything out. No, you know, no later than first thing Monday morning. It's just confirming the buses and everything from from that standpoint. But um, pre-sale for tickets will go on sale Monday morning at 7:45 in our high school office. And so, yeah, things will get cranking up here the weekend. But like anything else, from an administrative point of view, it's just working on logistics and you know, make sure we get the correct information out to you know people want to travel up there and support the Cavs. And now the game is Friday afternoon at 2.30 at the Georgia Dome. And as uh, Coach Griffin just said, uh, there'll be more specifics about buying tickets and all that. And, uh, I mean, just an unbelievable feeling. And, I, you know, it, it's great to be a Cavalier, right, Coach? 
It's, it's terrific. And, um, you know, listen to your, your previous um, guy, you know, Mr. Lee, it was, was on there talking about baseball and Grayson Stadium. And, um, you know, we're excited. Calvary is excited that, you know, we'll be able to call Grayson Stadium our home, you know, for, for the near future. You know, we'll be able to practice and play there every day. And, um, you know, we've got to deal with the, with the city now that the, you know, SCAD dropped their program. They were looking for, you know, someone to come in and be a tenant. And we said, hey, we'll, we'll be that. And we've handled through that. So we're very thankful to Mr. Loach and, uh, Mr. Katz from the, you know, the Sandats to, you know, guess there's a lot of positive things, you know, going Calvary, you know, playing for state championship, baseball programs, we'll get to call Grayson Stadium home. Uh, you know, Coach Shell, we've rearranged about six basketball games now, but I'm sure basketball season's going to be exciting once we get to it as well. And, um, you know, school's just going in a, a great direction. We just will continue to be, you know, really, you know, give God all the glory and be humble before his presence. And that, that's what it's about. You know, nothing we can do and the impact we have on others is, is through him. And you got to have that mentality and you got to put God first or, you're just self-serving, and we, you know, that's not what we want to be. You know, this school athletic department, our student athletes are here to, you know, serve others, and you know, that's what that's what it's about. All right, Chad, I got a minute here to get out of here before we have to go to heartbreak. Once again, congratulations, Chad Griffin, the AD of Calvary Day School. Once again, he'll keep you posted on how you can get the tickets next Friday, two thirty in the Dome, the Cavalier. The Calvary Day School Cavaliers taking on Aquinas. I'm excited. Good luck, and uh, once again, just gotta love it, buddy. Yeah, and thanks, Carl, man. It is, it's exciting, and thank you for, once again, what you do every, every Saturday, and going to call games, and getting all these kids recognition. It's just, you know, we appreciate it, man. That's what Hospital Athletics is all about. And like you said, it's a God's calling, and I love doing it, and uh, I couldn't have more fun doing it. Chad Griffin from Calvary Day School next Friday afternoon, 2.30 in the Dome for the state title. We'll be up with hour number two of the Call of Demasi Sports Report right here on ESPN Radio Savannah, AM 1400 and 104.3 FM. WSEG, which has been a big part and is now a big part of the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. This has been the Carl DeMasi Sports Report, sponsored by Optum Orthopedics on ESPN Radio, Savannah Hilton Head, AM 1400, and FM 104.3. This is the Carl DeMasi Sports Report. Excited to be back here again to talk about local sports. That's what the show's about, local sports. Sponsored by Optum Orthopedics. You want to hear about your favorite local athlete, your favorite local team, your favorite local high school, middle school, Pop Warner football team, YMCA basketball team, City League. That's what it's all about. Let's talk about it. Let's let people know about it. On ESPN Radio, Savannah Hilton Head, AM 1400, and FM 104.3. Savannah and the Low Country. Welcome to hour number two of the Call Demasi Sports Report. Yes, I'm Call Demasi, and it's all brought to you and presented to you by Optimal Orthopedics right here on ESPN Radio Savannah, AM 1400 and 104.3 FM WSEG. And what a great night here in Savannah football. What a great night last night for Savannah football. Two local teams playing in the state semifinals. One winning, one losing. Calvary Day School going on to the state championship tomorrow. 
tomorrow. Next Friday, not tomorrow, next Friday. I wish it was tomorrow. Then I could uh, be the color guy on the on the broadcast. But next week, next Friday. At 2.30 in the Dome, Calvary Day School taking on acquaintance for the Class A private school championship. And a heartbreaker last night up at Lamar County where the Benedictine Cadets go down 10-7 on the last second field old. Just a, a, a story season for the Cadets. And once again, this is hour number two. We're going to be talking to now the man that runs the show. That is the mediator, the the uh, the guy that's the arbitrator of three and out, Kevin Thomas, in two seconds. But we'll start out with Elmo Weeks, the columnist. Stephen Weeks from the Savannah Morning News is covering the bridge run. He's going to give us a live update, not at 10.05, at 11.45. Then we'll talk to the Weatherington Chiropractic Clinic Athlete of the Week, former Weatherington Chiropractic Clinic Athlete of the Week, from Richmond Hill High School, now at Armstrong Atlantic State University, Lady Pirate basketball player Tyler Carlson. And then we're going to talk to the Georgia High School State Association rep Earl Etheridge. Earl Etheridge's been around here for a long time. He runs the uh, Leisure and City uh, Department of the City of Savannah for sports and athletics. And now he's been newly elected the president of the Greatest Savannah Athletic Hall of Fame, who honor the great athletes and uh, people that have done uh, made a lot of contributions to Savannah area sports. And I'm Carl Demasi. I'm excited about being here this morning. A lot of basketball going on, a lot of scores. Check the Savannah Morning News website. Check all the other websites. Big game at Savannah High tonight. Savannah High. Preseason number one in Class A, taking on Laney, the preseason Class AA school at Savannah High at 8.30 tonight. Make sure you check it out. Before that, you can catch Beach taking on Josie. The girls start at 4 o'clock. Guys start at about 6.30. But this man got to do the play-by-play last night. He's done it for the last two weeks, and he's got a voice for it. Uh, Loves the game, loves sports. Uh, He's the host of our local Radio show right here on ESPN Radio Savannah from 3 to 6 every Monday through Friday. Part of the three that run that show, it's the man, Kevin Thomas. Had a late night last night, but Kevin, I'm glad you could join us uh, being that uh, you know pinch hitter right away. But uh, I guess it was an unbelievable game up there, 10-7, great defensive battle. Yeah, it was a uh, great game, Carl, and uh, we got back late, <laughs> I say early, I should say, uh, this morning. Uh, after that ball game last night, but a, uh, a terrific ball game, and uh, I was telling the, the Matt who did the uh, Matt Osborne who did the uh, the game with me last night. It was a game worthy of a, a state championship effort. It was a, a a great football game by by both teams, and uh, I think probably the the toughest thing uh, for Benedictine is that you lose to the same team kind of in the same fashion in back to back years on a last second field goal. Uh, to get eliminated from the state championship and the state tournament. So a uh, tough night for Benedictine, but I, I think, Carl, as you know, uh, when you're talking about young kids in the in the moment, it's tough this morning. Uh, it hurts a lot, uh, probably for uh, a, a while it's going to. But I think when you look back on this season, uh, these kids will, will look at it and say, you know what, we won more games in a season than anybody else had in the long tradition and long history of Benedictine. We went farther than any team went in a long tradition and long history at, uh, at Benedictine. We came up a little bit short of the ultimate goal, but uh, we, we accomplished a lot of great things. That, that's no consolation this morning, but I, I think that's what you see uh, later on down the road, what exactly you accomplished this year. I mean, I mean, 10-7 ball game, and I mean, Benedictine has done a great job, best record in Benedictine football history, a storied football program that everybody knows throughout the state because there's so many kids living throughout the, the state, uh, haven't, has never won a state championship. I think they've won nine titles, region titles, uh, but you know, they've been playing football since 1908, and they had that great rivalry with Savannah High at every Thanksgiving at, at uh, Grayson Stadium, but uh, I mean... 
it sounds like Lamar never, came, you know, never had any. They had a score on a fake field goal. So you know, everybody's talking about how BC didn't come through, but BC had the, had their number on offense, don't you think? Yeah, I think they uh, they really did. The, the only time you really saw uh, the sustained uh, big drive for for Lamar County was at the end when they went about ninety yards and kicked the field goal uh, and then ate up pretty much a bulk of the fourth quarter and and Benedict was never able to get the ball back. But you're right, it was a fourth down uh, early in the second half. They faked the field goal and uh, and scored a touchdown that way. So as far as just lining them up and getting it done, they did resort to some trickery to try to get on the scoreboard. And again, Benedictine, you give them credit. Uh, They had their their chances to do some things. Two great defensive teams, I think both allowing less than a touchdown uh, all season long. Both teams averaging over 40 points, and you had a 10-7 ball game uh, in the semifinals. I think what you look at in this game, it probably could have gone Benedictine's way. They're, they're going to look back at this game, Carl, and say, you know, early on in the game, and especially in the first half, you moved the football on Lamar County. You just couldn't uh, kind of overcome yourself in some situations. Uh, a couple of chop blocks on a drive in the first the first quarter where you're moving the ball on plays against Lamar County and all of a sudden a couple of penalties, you end up in first and 40, uh, you know, which is something uh, you hardly ever see. But they had a first and 40 at one point, and I believe before they had to ultimately punt, it had gotten down to about fourth and eight. So, I mean, they, they moved the football uh, against Lamar County. I think the biggest takeaway as far as why they didn't score more is penalties. Uh, you had a, a play in the fourth quarter where uh, Powers tried a, a play action and in the fake uh, hit the ball off the, the, the side of the running back. They fumbled it and went from third and about five or six to you know, fourth and about 12, and they ended up having to punt uh, to Lamar County, and that was the punt. They down just outside the five, and then uh, with about eight or nine minutes to go, I, I looked at Matt and I said, this is a drive where a running team, you can't let them eat up the rest of the game and get down there and potentially kick the game-winning field goal on you. And unfortunately, that's what happened. Uh, Lamar methodically just kind of moved their way down the field, and, and Benedictine couldn't get that one stop uh, that they needed uh, to get off the field and, and potentially go to overtime or get the ball back and go down and win. So uh, to me, it was a great football game. I think when you look back at it from a Benedictine standpoint, Lamar County didn't ex- – I don't think they exactly shut you down um, very well on the defensive side. I mean, you, you moved the football – were able to uh, to pick up yards. Ultimately, uh, penalties uh, caught up with you, stalled out some drives, and a few third and shorts that you weren't able to convert. And that's ultimately the difference in the game. I thought the defense played extremely well. Uh, they got put in some bad fuel position a few times. You had a, uh, I believe, a three to four yard punt uh, that Benedictine uh, uh, kick in the. I want to say the, the first half they gave Lamar the ball right around midfield. They were able to hold and give up no points there. So you really played well. It's just at the end of the day, Carl, as you know this, fans don't like to hear this, but Lamar made one more play than you did uh, basically at the end of the day. But uh, Benedictine, a couple of penalties uh, here, there, and uh, scattered around, and especially in the first half, probably set you back from a few scoring opportunities. I mean, you're a sports fanatic just like I am, and it hurts when you go 13 straight games with a loss, and that loss being the last game of the year. I mean, I mean, like I told PJ Zuko, host of the high school first look on ESPN Radio Savannah AM 1400 104.3 FM, that you know it it stays with you. I mean, I have not looked at those films when I lost those two championship games, and it just it's it's the last game of the year, and it really hurts a lot, and. You got to get over it. You got to be proud of what you've done, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like you said, uh, Carl, it's not something you you think about today. And I'm sure if you were you're Danny Britton, you address your team. It is probably going to be a little solace to the coaches, players, or anybody uh, this morning. But I think you look back on uh, on what you did this season, and you really captivated a lot of people uh, in the Benedictine community, in the Savannah community, with the way you played. And I think oh, the good thing is if you're Benedictine and, and what Danny Britt has established, I mean, you have a hundred guys who dressed out for football. That means you probably have some kids who are going to be able to stick around and play. And if you can build that kind of consistent enthusiasm about your program, anytime you have a hundred kids trying for 11 spots aside to play, you're going to get some good competition. And uh, Matt and I talked about this in the post-game show last night. you got your quarterback coming back who's been a, uh, a big key and uh, what you're trying to do, and I believe you have uh, your your wide receiver, I believe, coming back, a running back coming back, a couple of linemen uh, coming back on the offensive side, and you were really a juggernaut uh, for most of the season offensively. So uh, it's not like this was a one-shot deal, I think, for, for Benedictine. And, uh, you know, it's been two years you lose to Lamar County, and now it's done. I, I think you have some, some kids in place and enough young kids that played this year uh, that, that Benedictine's going to be pretty good again next year. And, uh, uh, again, I think that's that's something that's going to motivate those kids from the first time we talked to the Benedictine uh, cadets this year, Carl, it was, we want to. We want payback. We want to. We are motivated by a three-point loss to Lamar County in the playoffs. We felt like we should have won the game, and well, now it's happened twice. I, I would imagine uh, once the hurt and the sting wears off some of these players uh, who have been around now for two years, going to be even more motivation to, to work in the off season and say we got to work our tails off to make that one extra play uh, to make it happen, so we can go and, and accomplish that next goal. Uh- you definitely, you definitely got that right. They got some great players coming back, and uh, it's going to be an exciting time over there on Sea Right Drive. Well, KT, we got to wrap it up. We got a minute right here. I'm going to give you the minute drill, one minute drill. Next week, Cavalier up in the dome against Aquinas. ESPN going to be there. Uh, we're uh, we're we're, gonna, we're making our plans now to uh, to do that and bring that game uh, back to Savannah. So. Yeah, looking forward to to that, and what a heck of a game uh, that's going to be with Aquinas, who I believe has had one of their best years uh, ever, uh, much like uh, like Calvary's going on a run here, their first ever trip to the state championship. We heard earlier uh, Aquinas is going through one of those similar ones where they've been solid, maybe not this good in their history, and I know they beat Lincoln County earlier this year for the first time in something like 38 years, so uh, they're going through a historic run themselves, so should be a great showdown on Friday afternoon next week. All right, Kevin, I know you got home late. You got two little boys probably hanging at your ankles. Have a good day. Enjoy it, and uh, big game tonight. Give me your pick, Missouri against Auburn. Yeah, I picked Missouri. I picked Missouri. I, I really think, Carl, uh, they're the underdog, and if you're, uh, you're Gary Pinkle, uh, I, I think people are overlooking the fact that you are also a one-loss football team at this point. The whole conversation all week long, if you listen, Carl, was, well, what's going to happen when Auburn wins? Are they going to get in the national championship? And when Auburn gets hosed out of going to the BCS title game after they win the SEC, nobody has said one word about Missouri, and the only loss they had was in double overtime. So I think you look at Missouri, they've done a heck of a job. they got big receivers, 6'4", 6'5", receivers across the board that are going to give uh, Auburn some problems. And I think Missouri is going to shock the world, and I really think they want this one very badly to kind of legitimize themselves as an SEC program. And they do that. You, you win the, the Southeastern Conference. It doesn't matter how you do it. Uh, that, that really brings Missouri in full fold into the SEC as a football program. 
You got a big guy. I appreciate it, Kevin. Uh, listen to you every week. Uh, do a great job in the afternoons with you and uh, Matt and DJ. I'll talk to you during the week. Thanks for coming on short notice and uh, have fun today. Hey, absolutely, Carl. Appreciate it. appreciate you having me on, and uh, you have a great day as well. Kevin Thomas of Three and Out, the host of Three and Out. He has to mediate between uh, B.J. Bennett and Matt Osborne, but he does a great job. Great show to listen to every every weekday here, Monday through Friday, on ESPN Radio Savannah. Next up, we'll be talking to our Athlete of the Week, our Weatherington Chiropractic Clinic Athlete of the Week. She was also, she won this award way back when in high school, and that's Tyler Carlson. Remember, this cannot be possible without my sponsor, Optum Orthopedics. They have 26 of the finest, best-trained orthopedic surgeons in the region. They have a full-service outpatient surgery center, digital MRI, x-ray services, physical therapy, all in one convenient location. Optum Orthopedics is your best choice for comprehensive orthopedics. Care, and they support our local athletes and our local sports. The center is located at 210 East Rand Avenue, right here in lovely Savannah, Georgia, or on the World Wide Web at www.optimhealth. That's optimhealth.com. Next up, a little lady pirate basketball with Tyler Carlson. You're listening to the Call of the Monster Sports Report, presented to you by Optum Orthopedics. We'll be right back after this on ESPN Radio, AM 1400 and 104.3 FM, WSEG, right here in Savannah, Georgia. And now, back to the Carl DeMasi Sports Report, sponsored by Optum Orthopedics, on ESPN Radio, Savannah Hilton Head, AM 1400 and FM 104.3. <laughs> And I'm Carl Demasi. I'm glad you could join me for the Carl Demasi Sports Report every Saturday right here on ESPN Radio Savannah AM 1400 104.3 FM. Presented to you by Presented to you by Orthopedics from nine until eleven. We're in quarter number two of the second hour. We play four quarters every hour here, and uh, this is one of my favorite parts. And uh, you know, with all the football going on and all everything else going on, I needed to get a Weatherington Chiropractic Clinic Athlete of the Week. And you know, just fumbling through the sports pages and uh, following Armstrong Atlantic State basketball, and uh, knowing that this young lady came back home, she received a scholarship to play an athletic scholarship to play basketball at Mars Hills Co- uh, College up in North Carolina. She was also the cross-country athlete of the year for the Savannah Morning News way back when. She was also one of the best players, in I, I consider, in, in Savannah in basketball when she was a senior at Richmond Hill High School in 2010. She, she's back home. She transferred to Armstrong Atlantic State. She's having a great season. I mean, uh, last week, let me get my stats here, uh, the Armstrong Atlantic State University women's basketball team set a school record for the most points scored in a single game with, with a Sunday afternoon matinee with a 110-86 non-conference victory over visiting Coca College. I mean, she had 25 points. 17 of her game-high 20 points came in the first half. They built a 17-point lead. She, uh, uh, Shooting-wise, I mean, she had an unbelievable day. And uh, she's back home, and everybody's getting a chance to watch Tyler Carlson again. Joining us now on the ESPN Savannah, AM 1400, 104.3 FM hotline from Richmond Hill through Mars Hill, now at Armstrong Atlantic State, former Weatherington Chiropractic Clinic Athlete of the Week, and now this week's Athlete of the Week, Tyler Carlson. Good morning, Tyler. Hey, Carl. How are you? Hey, doing good, and I saw you uh, like two summers ago, and you were up there at Mars Hills, and uh, you were enjoying the experience in there, and uh, just great to see you back home. Uh, so tell us, uh, why did Tyler Carlson want to come back here to Savannah, Georgia, and play at Armstrong Atlantic State? 
Um, you know, I'll be honest. I was I was homesick. Um, you know, I was just looking for a change, and uh, Armstrong was really the only place that I wanted to come back to. Um, so, you know, I, I talked to my coaches up there and uh, got in touch with Coach Schmidt, and um, we just made that happen. Now, like you said, Coach Schmidt, uh, former basketball coach over there at Armstrong Lake, women's basketball coach. Now he left for uh, a, a Division One assistant's job, and now you got Coach Bullock. Uh, when you found out he was, what he was leaving, leaving, did it bother you? Uh, did, did Coach Schmidt leaving bother me? Yes, you? yes. Um, you know, I, I had somewhat of a personal relationship with him. Um, he recruited me out of high school. Um, you know, I, I, I like the guy. You know, he was a great guy. Um, but I will say I am, you know, very happy that, uh, you know, Coach Bullock and, and the other assistant coaches made their way here. Um, you know, we have a great coaching staff. And, um, you know, on behalf of, you know, all the success that we're having this season, it, it, it goes to, you know, the new coaches that we brought in here. Well, you're part of what's going on there, and uh, Coach Bullock comes in. You guys are off to a great start. I mean, you knocked off number, the number 17 team in the nation, Limestone. Uh, you're four and one. Uh, you, you now, I think you're doing. You're right now. You're doing. Uh, you're uh, in exam break, so uh, you're not playing any games this week. You come back next week. Uh, tell me what it's like playing playing in front of the home crowd again. Uh, like I said, you know, I love I love being back at home and, um, you know, having all the, our family and uh, friends come and support us at these home games was, was definitely what we needed. You know, we're still working on, you know, filling the gym completely, but we'll get there. We'll get there one day. Um, but, you know, as far as this week, we have been taking finals. Um, you know, we took a couple days just to, you know, get in the gym, get some shots up, um, you know, maintain our conditioning. Um, but you know we're back. We're back practicing, and um, we're just preparing for next week. You know we take North North Georgia, and then we uh, travel to Youngstown the, the following day. And those are both spelled uh, conference games, right? Yes, both conference games. And you know the season. You know you start out and you have a couple non-conference games just to get the season going. Um, but really, you know our record right now is zero and zero um, until we start playing conference, and you know that's that's all that matters because that's how you get to the tournament. So. Um, you know, we're just we're preparing for those two games next week, and, um, and we'll we'll take it from there. Well, you know, you're leading the team right now at 17.4 points a game. You, you went up to Mars Hills and had a had a, had a very very good two years up there, and uh, now you're back home and you're playing in front of the fans. Uh, Armstrong Atlantic State. Well, well, I mean, what's what's the difference between Armstrong Atlantic State and Mars Hills besides the fact that it's nice to be home playing in front of uh, the local fans? You know, um, the biggest difference between Marshall and Armstrong, I would say, is, um, you know, the, the level of play um, as far as the conference goes. Peach Bell is such a competitive conference, and, you know, every team comes out to play. Every single every single night, every team is ready to play. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it's a very tough conference to play in. Um, but at the same time, you know, when you're playing these separate teams, you know, you got to bring a game up to another level, and... Um, you know that that's you know something that I guess has contributed to maybe my playing. You know because you just you have more pressure. You know you gotta you just you have to come focus every night, ready to play. Well, it's great to have you back. I'm Carl DeMossi. You're listening to Carl DeMossi Sportsport. We have Tyler Carlson, uh, former Richmond Hill Wildcats standout, went up played Mars Hills for two years. Now she's back at Armstrong Atlantic State. Now, if we got younger girls listening uh, to the show, Tyler, what advice would you give them? to prepare themselves to go to the next level. I mean, it's not just all about playing basketball. Tell them what it's like going from a high school basketball team to a college basketball team. Academics, athletics, uh, tell them what the difference is. 
Um, you know, I'd say the difference is, is probably just your, your time management. Um, I know it sounds kind of simple, but, you know, once you transition from high school to college, um, you know, whether it's classes, meetings with your professors, um, practice, I mean, preseason alone, you know, you're going for so many hours um, between weights, conditioning, uh, individual workouts. Um, of course, you know, you have recruits who come on campus. So, you know, time management is probably the biggest thing. Um, as far as advice goes, you know, you're here, you come to college to get an education, yes, um, but you're given the opportunity to play the game that you love. So, you know, you just have to stay focused and um, and really just, you know, give 150%, whether it's in the classroom or on the court, because, you know, in the end, everything kind of, it all just meshes together and you, it, it goes by so fast that you really, you know, sometimes you lose sight of it, but, you know, you're there playing the game you love and you're there to get an education. So really, um, my best would just be to stay focused and um, just manage your time as well as you can. I mean, I mean, that's probably you hit it the nail right on the head there, managing your time because now you're not in class five, six, seven periods a day. You got so much time that you got to be able to adjust to and manage because you're going to have free time, not much, but you're going to have free time where you have to get your schoolwork done and you have to get what the coach wants you to do. It, it, it turns out, now, can you tell me, is it as much fun as playing high school basketball or is there a little more pressure now that you're you're at the college level? Um, you know, there there is a little more pressure. However, I would say, um, you know, it's just it's, it's another level of high school. You know, high school prepares you for college. It prepares you for, you know, the pressure that you're going to have to, um, you know, deal with when you get there. And just being on a team in general, you know, that that's your family. That's who you're around 24-7, and they always have your back no matter what. And, um, you know, I, I would say, obviously, you know, I've, prefer to play in college over high school. But, um, you know, I, I do miss parts of high school, but for the most part, um, you know, college college has definitely been a, a great experience, especially, you know, playing on, um, you know, Armstrong's basketball team and, and even for Marcel. But just in general, you know, the, the experience you get from playing on a college basketball team is, you know, amazing. All right, you're at the next level, and uh, we've been talking about athletics. Now let's go to the academic side. Uh, you still involved in the criminal justice? Have you changed your major? What, what's your future plans as far as after basketball? Um, well, no, I haven't changed my major. Um, I'm still a history major, and eventually I would like to teach at the high school level and coach. Um, who knows, you know, if I'll end up back in from Hill, but um, let's <laughs> a little down the road. Um, but after, you know, after graduation in May, um, I'm, I'm planning to find a, a GA position somewhere so I can, you know, get a little coaching under my belt um, and, you know, get my master's. And, uh, you know, the, the plan is to stay in, stay in coaching for a little while, you know, as long as I can. And then, um, you know, I'll hopefully transition into that teaching and, and education somewhere down the road. Well, Tyler, it's it's always been a pleasure talking to you and uh, coach. It wasn't fun coaching to get you because you were one tough girl to cover. But uh, I'm glad you're home. I'm definitely going to get out there in the second half of the season because I know your next three games, like you said, are all on the road. You're at, Young, at North Georgia December 14th, at Young Harris on the 16th. Then you go down to play Eckerd uh, on the 21st. And yeah, your Christmas break and you come back January 2nd to take on Clayton State. Keep up the great work. Uh, you're making I know Richmond Hill proud. You're making us proud here in Savannah, Georgia, and you're making your parents proud. Once again, congratulations, and uh, look forward to seeing you at uh, play at Armstrong Atlantic State Arena, Alumni Arena. Thanks for coming on, and uh, once again, go get them, Pirates. All right. Thank you, Carl. Thank you for having me.
Always a pleasure. That's Tyler Carlson, the leading scorer for the Armstrong Atlantic State Lady Pirates basketball. She's averaging 17.4 points a game. She's leading the team. She's back home. She was a, I mean, she was a ball of fire at Richmond Hill High School, just like a coach, Elizabeth Bennett. Now she's taking that to the court at Armstrong Atlantic State. Once again, Weatherington Chiropractic Clinic Athlete of the Week, Tyler Carlson from Armstrong Atlantic State. And that's it, people. It doesn't have to be a high school player. It could be a college player. It could be a, a youth player. It could be a YMCA player. Let's highlight the good kids. It doesn't have to be football, basketball, baseball. It could be taekwondo. It could be wrestling. It could be swimming, anything. Just give me a call at 912-507-9158. Facebook me at the Call Demasi Sports Report. Give me a message there. Uh, you can email me at kdemasi at hotmail.com. I want you to tell me about the good kids here in Savannah, Georgia that are, that are excelling on the fields of play here in Savannah, Georgia. Well, this segment cannot be possible without Dr. Bart Weatherington at the Weatherington Chiropractic Clinic. Your back hurts. I know the body part hurts all the time. It makes you mad. The pain drives you crazy. You just want to pick something up and throw it across the room if you can. Well, at the Weatherington Chiropractic Clinic, you get complete chiropractic care, pain relief to help you move better, have a less painful life, and, of course, achieve a healthier life. So visit Dr. Bart Weatherington at the Weatherington Chiropractic Clinic, located at the corner of 70th Avenue, Waters Avenue, right here in beautiful Savannah, Georgia. Next up, hopefully we'll be talking to the man that's the new president of the Georgia, sorry, the Greater Savannah Athletic Hall of Fame, Earl Etheridge, and our GHSA, our Georgia High School State Association rep, and the City of Savannah Department of uh, Leisure and Sports Recreation Director, Earl Etheridge. You're listening to the Call of the Monster Sports Report brought to you by Optimal Orthopedics right here on ESPN Radio, Savannah, AM 1400 and 104.3 FM. And now, back to the Carl DeMasi Sports Report, sponsored by Optimal Orthopedics on ESPN Radio, Savannah Hilton Head, AM 1400 and FM 104.3. <laughs> And I'm Carl Demasi. I'm glad you can listen to the Carl Demasi Sports Report every Saturday, 9 until 11, right here on ESPN Radio Savannah, AM 1400 and 104.3 FM, WSCG, presented to you by Optum Orthopedics. Well, we have a great organization here in Savannah, Georgia, called the Greater Savannah Athletic Hall of Fame. We also have a man that's very involved in the Georgia High School State Association decisions concerning Savannah, Georgia. He also makes a lot of decisions pertaining to the leisure department of the city of Savannah. He wears many hats for Savannah. He's been here since 1960, or early 1960s. He does a great job. Great coach, great uh, administrator when he was in high school sports, high school athletics, high school teaching. Now he's helping us promote more high school and local sports here in Savannah, Georgia. Georgia. Joining us now on ESPN Savannah, AM 1400, 104.3 FM hotline, is the man, Earl Etheridge himself. Good morning, Earl. How you doing today, sir? Hey, I mean, just having a lot of fun promoting local sports, which I know you love to do, uh, and it's just a lot of fun talking about BC Benedictine making to the state semifinal, uh, Calvary getting to the state championship, and uh, just, you know, everything that's going on here in Savannah, Georgia. And i got to send out a big congratulations for being elected the greatest Savannah Athletic Hall of Fame president. I know something that you got to try and fit into your busy, busy schedule, but I know you're going to love doing it. Well, it's so it's more of an honor than than a hard job. I I appreciate the confidence of the people that wanted me to to run that, and uh, I look forward to the the years that you do that, and I uh, hope that we can make a difference and then improve on what we've been doing in the past. 
Well, I, I also know that people can go to the G, let me get this straight, the G, uh, Greatest Savannah, GSA, HOF.com website to join, and now people can join and be part of this club, uh, organization, right? Yes, sir. We're, we're always looking for new members and people that want to dedicate their time to to improve our, to reward our older athletes as well as our younger athletes, and we're just, uh, just looking for people to join and to be part of it and make a contribution to our young people as well as our people of the past, and and just help our city uh, reward those who deserve being rewarded and because they do make a difference in our lives. And once again, that's G-S-A-H-O-F, Greatest Savannah Athletic Hall of Fame, dot com, to find out how you can join and how you can nominate somebody if you want them in the Greatest Savannah Athletic Hall of Fame. Well, Earl, another, another question I got for you is the Georgia High School State Association reclassification process. And I know it's one of, one of those things that you take a lot of pride in being involved in. And, you know, people don't understand how it works, why BC gets counted for, uh, two students, uh, for two students for every student they have or St. Vincent's. Explain the process and uh, how you guys come up with the classifications. Well, this has started uh, many, many years ago, but uh, uh, what they, every two years uh, or every year and a half, we uh, go back and take the number of schools that we have in the, the state and uh, try to divide up that in. And at this particular time, we're trying to do it with six classifications, and that works well in uh, Metro Atlanta does not work well in rural America, but to try to put it together and to make it work, it's a, it's a little more complicated, and what happens is that uh, we have to isolate people uh, and move people around, and uh, I think that we've reached a point in our society today that what's important in the school systems is that we need to reduce our time that we travel. That means we can reduce cost of travel, which is astronomical. And we need to decrease the number of hours that our children are out of class. And then there's an important thing that we've always stayed away from is we need to play people close by sometimes rather than people of equal size. And to do that, that means that if your people cannot uh, support your program if you don't uh, play close enough for your people to go. And uh, to use an example, Concord County over Moultrie, great power in football and most sports. Last year they sold 424 tickets to the semifinals pre-sale. Well, that tells you the economy of that county cannot continue to travel great distances week after week. So the complication of putting it together is uh, not a good thing. Then you ask me the question about B.C. when you're in all a one-sex school. Years ago they started, they multiplied those by two. And I think we have four or five schools still left in the state that falls under that category. Uh, you know, it, 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 and we're still not through. We we place people, but we still have some problems in two or three of the classes. And an example is 5A. We anticipated we'd have 74 teams. Well, when we walked down to work on it, it was 88 teams. And we that's a hard thing to do is place that many teams and we've got a situation that we're going to have to work on probably sometime tomorrow or the next week that, that, that we can straighten that out for those people that's in a situation where we have 17 schools in the region. 
Uh, I know it's a hard job, and you can't make everybody happy. And that committee works works very hard and uh, diligent at they're very diligent at making sure they get it correct. Because just like you said, the traveling, keeping kids out of school longer than they need to, is is a main concern. And people don't realize that they think everybody's just fighting for their own school, and it doesn't happen that way. And I guess my last question for you is the Georgia High School State Association playoffs this year. I think it's the first time since 1969 that we've had two teams make it to the state semifinals. Now one going to the to the uh, championship. You've been watching high school football in this area. It's got to make you pretty proud that we got two teams that far, eh? Well, there's no one thing wrong. We don't have two going to the finals. You know, in other words, it was great. I I didn't. I had the game down in Griffin last night, and uh, and I'm on my way back now to Atlanta to uh, meet with the people that were on it. But it would have been nice had we. Had Benedictine win last night in Calvary to represent the city, but it is, uh, it's a good thing for our city. It's a good thing for this part of the state and people should be proud of Benedictine as well as Calvary and all the other schools. But, uh, it's going to be a big show for the people in Calvary to be in the dome. Well, I mean, you, you've watched the sport grow. You were part of it, uh, you know, coaching, head coaching at the high school level. And it, it seems like my interpretation, you can get the, uh, your input on this. At the football is finally, finally catching up to what we're known for in Savannah is basketball. I mean, what's your thought on that? Oh, I think so. I, I think we, we're gradually growing away from three, three yards in a cloud of dust. So we're moving <laughs> with the, uh, with the times. And I do think that our, that our football is getting better. Our basketball has been there. But uh, I think that, uh, you know, some of the schools moving down and being in a class where they can compete today is a, little better uh, and and then this is forced by that goes back to the transportation cost and the cost of expenses that we have all over the state but it, it's good to see that we have schools that are making runs at it and i know that uh, your school you're connected with is in triple a and i think there's going to be success there for our schools greater than what it is today so you agree with playing in the right classification also helps? Oh, uh, I, your kids. you know, I, I agree uh, with that. I, uh, I know why we didn't do that for many years, and it's because it, well, we were trying to protect each other and cut down on our travel and this, that, and the other. But we've reached a point in our time that we got to move on with the time. And what may have worked by for us in the 60s, 70s, and 80s doesn't necessarily mean it's good for us right now. I, I, you well, know, I, I'm glad to see everybody move and just uh, we got to move on and. And, you know, just we got to give our young people an opportunity to be successful. Well, I know you've done that. You've been in education. You've been an educator uh, involved in the, the sports area for a long time. I appreciate you taking the time coming on. And uh, once again, I know you got a busy week. You'll wind up at the Dome next and enjoy it. And uh, I'll have you on again. I look forward to seeing you at the Greatest Savannah Athletic Hall of Fame uh, meetings because uh, I'm going to get involved and I want to be part of it because, uh, you know, even though I'm, I'm a transplant in New York, I call Savannah home. Thank you, sir, very much. That's Earl Entridge, the new president of the Greatest Savannah Athletic Hall of Fame, our Georgia High School State Association athletic uh, rep, and also our director of our, of our leisure sports in here in Savannah, Georgia. Great guy, always a lot of fun to talk to, a lot of history, knowledge about what goes on here as far as athletics in Savannah, Georgia. Once again, Earl Etheridge. Thank my sponsor for this segment. You're a coach, you're a parent, you're a local organization, you need uniforms, cleats, you need sports-specific shoes, basketballs, baseballs, uh, golf balls, tennis shoes, uh, trophies to a water team, or plaques to get to 
employees where you can find all your sporting goods and trophy needs and also sporting goods and trophies located at five Oglethorpe Mall Annex, right behind the Oglethorpe Mall right here in beautiful Savannah, Georgia. Russell Sporting Goods and Trophies is a Savannah family-owned business, and they've been in business for over 45 years. So stop by and get some great help from Rusty, Russell, Mike, and Jen at Russell Sporting Goods and Trophies, and they will help you with all your sporting goods and trophy needs. Well, hopefully we'll get an update from the car, Stephen Week, who's covering the bridge run. He's out there at the Savannah Bridge Run, sponsored by Enmark. You're listening for the Call Master Sports Board, brought to you by Outdoor Orthopedics, right here on ESPN Ring of Honor, AF 104.3 FM, WSEG, and now a part of the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. And now, back to the Carl DeMasi Sports Report, sponsored by Optum Orthopedics on ESPN Radio, Savannah Hilton Head, AM 1400, and FM 104.3. And I'm Carl DeMasi. I'm glad you could join me. You're listening to the Carl DeMasi Sports Report, brought to you by Optum Orthopedics, right here on ESPN Radio, Savannah, AM 1400, 104.3 FM. And joining me now on the hotline, the ESPN Radio hotline, and I want to make this quick because when we come to the top of the hour, we always get a heartbreak. And that's the columnist on duty. Checking out the Enmark Bridge Run, Stephen Weeks. Stephen Elmo Weeks. What's up, Stephen? Hey, good morning, Carl. How you doing today? Hey, uh, I'm not I'm not as busy as you are. I know we tried to get you on a 10.05 slot. You had an inch, uh, interview runners. Give us an update. Close to 6,000 runners. What's going on over there at the bridge? Yeah, it was a over there this morning, Carl, we had uh, people running at Santa Claus. There's a guy dressed up with a, in a giant high chair as a baby. Uh, There's Spider Man. There was Wonder Woman. We, there's all kinds of <laughs> all kinds of costumes running over the bridge this morning. But it was a wild scene. They had just cranked up the music, you know, when I was leaving, and it was certainly a well, you know, a, a successful event as it always is when when Denmark puts that thing on. I mean, it, it's just unbelievable the way running has taken off in this uh, city, and you, you've lived here, you've grown up here. Do you ever think that this would be such a big thing? I know back in the eighties, it was a, it was really a uh, was a fad. It wasn't a trend, and now it's a big trend here. Well, it's funny, you know. I did grow, you know, I'm from Savannah, and um, running there was always some sort of bridge run, but it really wasn't a very big deal. It was uh, it was a small thing, and you and, and not very many people attended. You'd probably have four or five hundred people doing it. Now, running with the uh, Rock and Roll Marathon and, and the Tybee Marathon, or the Christ Tybee Marathon, and all of the, the different things, as well as the influence of Fleet Feet Sports and things like that. And I'll tell you, it is a major recreation activity right now in Savannah. You can't really drive around town without, you know, almost running somebody over who's out for a jog. I mean, I, I just coming here this morning watching these people run the streets. I, I'm surprised they went over the bridge run. And I know you, you, you've been an avid uh, runner yourself, uh, so it, it's really impressive. And uh, quickly, I know we got about a two-minute uh, warning here about, you know, i got to make a hard break here. Give us your uh, SEC championship game uh, update and pick. Well, yeah, I'll tell you what, Carl. I have been on Missouri all year. I, I, as soon as I watched Georgia play Missouri, I've, I've learned that they're the real deal. And to get where they've gotten with a, with playing with a backup quarterback for five games and some of the other things they've dealt with, I really feel like Auburn has, has maybe uh, used up all the magic in the, in the Wizards' wand, and I think Missouri's going to get them. In fact, I think Missouri might might uh, blow them out. Um, not, you know, in terms of maybe win by two touchdowns or 17 points or something like that, I just think Auburn has used up so much energy beating Georgia 
and then, of course, beating Alabama last week. I think Missouri comes in rolling. They've got their starting quarterback, Franklin, back, and, and they are just tough on both sides of the ball. So I'm going to call for Missouri to win it 41-24. to well, Stephen, you've been on, uh, been right the last three weeks with your picks. I appreciate it. I'm sorry we don't have more time. We're, we're coming up to the uh, hard break here. I got a minute to close this baby out, and uh, we'll make sure we have more time for you next week. And once again, always a great job. And that's the columnist, Stephen Elmo Weeks. Thanks, appreciate it, buddy. Always great talking to you, Carl. Talk to you later. Bye. You got it. Stephen Elmo Weeks of the Saturday Morning News, the columnist. He does a great job. I mean, just, uh, uh, you know, an avid, an avid sports lover. And he's from Savannah, Georgia. So great input on what he knows about Savannah area sports. Thank you to PJ Zuko. Great job producing the show. Coming on talking about high school football. Brian Lee, the author of Baseball in Savannah, talking about Lou Brissy passing away. Once again, uh, Earl Etheridge, the director of uh, Savannah City Leisure Sports. Uh, Tyler Carlson from Armstrong Atlanta Bas- Basketball. Just a great show. What really quick just love talking about local sports you gotta love it and until next week whatever you may be doing always always hit it out of the park and you're listening to the call of the Massey sports report brought to you by optimal orthopedics right here on espn radio savannah am 1400 and 104.3 fm wscg part of the southern pigskin radio network This has been the Carl DeBossi Sports Report, sponsored by Optum Orthopedics on ESPN Radio, Savannah Hilton Head, AM 1400, and FM 104.3. <laughs>